Hello everyone and welcome back to The Current Podcast. For this episode, I have invited Sonia as a guest speaker. She is based in Switzerland, having come there at only nine years old. And just like me, she was born in Russia. She's currently undertaking her master's degree studies in economics, as well as helps around with a family business, a clothing store. In this episode, we'll be talking about our experience as a third culture kid, not really fitting in anywhere, but everywhere feels like our home. The stereotypes about our cultures and the opportunities that come with our life experience. Welcome, Sonia. I'm so happy to have you on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we both come from Russia. You left it when you were nine years old. I left it when I was about 10 or 12. And I feel like that's kind of the time when our personalities truly started forming as young adults, well, teenagers and then young adults. Mm -hmm. Um, And then being in another culture, whilst you are fundamentally developing, it kind of you absorb the culture that you live in as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I like when I was younger, I didn't really perceive myself as being Russian. And then when we got to like being teenagers that's when all the stereotypes started coming up and everything but like as a young kid it wasn't really a topic that I thought about a lot and then all of a sudden like I have to represent this country that I don't even remember and yeah um, yeah yeah I I had a similar experience um I didn't know much about Russia to be honest and Mm -hmm. I still don't know the half of it I mean studying an entire country's culture will take a lot of your time and when you have to kind of be in survival mode um living in another country where uh, you've just moved to you kind of forget about that so whenever exactly like whenever i was prompted to like say something interesting about russia or like represent your country i always kind of like i didn't know what to say because i didn't know anything about history like i only knew the basics and I I just always felt at a loss and I feel like stereotypes came quite handy. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's like, I don't know if you know, but um, uh, there's this myth that when Russians drink, they say Nazdarovia. Mm-hmm. And so, well, I moved to a different country before drinking age, obviously. And so when everyone started drinking, people would say Nazdarovia to me. And like it, it is a word in Russian, so I just thought that that's what Russians said. But apparently, it's like a myth that was made up in other countries, and people don't actually say that in Russia. And yeah, not I feel necessarily. Like, and I feel like that can be applied to so many different stereotypes. Like I've learned more from like other people telling me about about Russia than actually like being in Russia myself. And being a lot of the Russian, time, yeah. yeah, and a lot of the time, these things don't really line up. Yeah, I feel like, it lo- like, like you're basically learning about your own country, like you said, from someone else. So mm-hmm. you essentially become an outsider, even though internally you're still Russian. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you sometimes think in Russian and like you interact with your family in Russian, mm-hmm. but you truly feel like you're just passing through, just traveling. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then also when you go to visit family in Russia, then all of a sudden you have to be the representative of the country that you're living in, which also like already being an outsider. So like I'm from Switzerland. So growing up, I was an outsider in Switzerland. Then you go back to Russia, you have to act Swiss, but then you're not really Swiss. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's a mix. In my experience, it was Russia, a little bit of Switzerland. But to be honest, I don't entirely consider Switzerland like a big part of my development because I was only there for two years. Mm-hmm. Oh, for context, Sonia and I went to the same boarding school that yeah. I mentioned earlier in my podcast. But Sonia was a day student mm-hmm. and I was a boarder, so our lives basically did not interact in any way but somehow we still found our way back to each other yeah and then also i remembered it recently we were in montenegro together um yeah like... i stayed at like a house nearby and we went on a holiday but i completely blocked it out of my head <laughs> i was like rewatching, so like i was trying to be a youtuber when i was like 12 years old and I was like rewatching my videos and cringing at myself, and all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, like Maria is staying in the house next to. Me. I was like, wait, that Maria, this Maria. It it feels so surreal. It feels like a different life, right? So, do you? How do you feel right now? Like, is there a specific um, culture that you associate yourself as, associate? <laughs> associate yourself with or is it more of like a mix and you truly feel like you are more of a Swiss gal right now um, rather than you ever were before or is it something else I mean I think it really varied throughout my life so because when I came to Switzerland I was in an international school and that's like a whole culture of its own so I kind of felt like an outsider to Swiss culture because I was more like international I guess but then yeah. I transferred to public school um, and kind of like for like financial reasons, um, yeah. we stayed in Switzerland. I went to public school, like my mom, like fully integrated here. So now I feel mostly Swiss. But then when mm-hmm. people ask me, like, obviously, like my last name is uh, very complicated to spell and to pronounce. No one knows where it's from. So people like same actually. My my family name they always they're like, oh, where is that from? Fefelova. Are you French? Are you are you where are you from? Are you Spanish? And I'm like I'm Russian, and they're like, what? That doesn't sound Russian at all. <laughs> and like whenever like I go to events where there's like a name badge and people can see my last name, like people always come up to me and, and like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm Swiss. And then I have to explain that, like, I'm Russian and then people want to ask me about Russia, but I don't know anything about Russia. So now what I started doing is that I just put Sonia P whenever, like, I have to fill in forms so that people just don't ask. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I'm no. definitely more more Swiss now. I think that when it comes to, I don't know, like like personal values, the way I see the world, the way I, I don't know, like interact with people, I definitely, like I'm more at ease in Switzerland than in Russia. Yeah, yeah. No, to be honest, I feel the same. Like I know my city, St. Petersburg, but whenever I go there, like I view it a little bit through like, a rose scented glasses mm-hmm. like i try and see everything good and currently it makes it very difficult to see anything good um but like let's say like when i went lo- when i last went there in 2021 i went there in summer and in the winter so i really got like a full circle of events mm-hmm. and and like i thought it was beautiful and i had such fun there and it was just an amazing trip but Whenever I speak to people that actually are based in Russia and I like I share 
my memories after you know after they discovered that I don't actually live in Russia I'm mm-hmm. entirely Russian like I'm more of like an in-between mm-hmm. they're like oh well you know just like read statistics of like ice skating mortality <laughs> I was like what why and they're, and they're like oh we mean like on the road like because the roads are really icy uh-huh. and it's like very dangerous and I'm just like but why would you like pay attention like, why would you bring my attention to that? Like, that is such a small thing. <laughs> like, people, it's just, it's so random. Well, but I feel like it's more, like, for me, whenever I go to Moscow, I also have this culture shock of just being in a big city. Because, well, I'm from Geneva. It's like, it's a city, but it's a very small city. So also the mentality I, I is call, quite different. I always called the... I, um, I always called Geneva, like, a big village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you go to Moscow and there's, like... Like the, <laughs> the streets are big. There are so many people, and yeah, I don't know. Like maybe it's more of like a big city culture shock than actually like a Russian culture shock. Like mix of both. But yeah, whenever I go to Moscow, like I I'm always an outsider. Yeah, there is this expression that I recently learned in French, where it basically describes people that are basically mother tongue in French but they were born somewhere else Mm -hmm. so like me with English for instance um they say like French but really dumb so it's like (laughs) you would speak perfect French but you would forget like very random words like throughout your um conversation you'd be like oh what's it called in French and they're like what do you mean like you don't know your own language Mm -hmm. and he's like oh no I'm not actually French and they're like what (laughs) Mm-hmm. So, like, my friend has experienced this um, living in France, um, but I've plenty, plenty of times experienced it in English, where they're, like, here, for instance, they're like, oh, you're British, and I'm like, no, I'm actually Russian, and they're mm-hmm. like, what? <laughs> but in England, sometimes they're like, oh, well, where are you from? Are you French? And I'm like, no, I'm Russian. Like, why does nobody ever think that I'm Russian? Because... I mean, I've, I've got um, Scottish, that was a fun one. Uh, wow. Also, um, Melbourne. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, like all over the world. I don't think I've ever gotten Russian, actually. No, like being um, called and labeled Russian, it's mm-hmm. very rare for me because I don't necessarily have an accent. It's only like certain words that I may pronounce that may sound Russian mm-hmm. or just anything that is not english mm-hmm. and that kind of is a giveaway but like if you speak to me like small talk you you will never know you're like mm-hmm. oh well she's certainly not russian she doesn't mm-hmm. even look like russian and that's a fact i don't look russian mm-hmm. and that's where i want to bring into our experience um in swiss school <laughs> because the girls that were from russia they looked very different to what you and i looked like yeah so like we looked and my other friend Regina actually as well. Like we all looked like kids. Yeah, we, we looked age. normal. <laughs> and, but the girls that were Russian and they were, you know, representing, you know, the Slavic beauty um, <laughs> concept, which is beautiful on its own. But it's like when you're 12 years old, it is a little bit strange that you know you're like putting on full on makeup in the morning and you know wearing heels when you're a child. Like it's. I always found that concept very strange and I always wondered what kind of schools did they go to beforehand that here this is how they dress or is it just because they came to international school and they feel like they must represent but at home they don't really do that like it was always a mystery to me yeah yeah I wonder like I really 
wonder why they acted the way they did because obviously like when you're a child you don't really well you do have your own beliefs but you're mostly influenced by what's around you and I really wonder like how they were raised what values were taught to them because also I would say like in my family my father is probably like the more stereotypical Russian and whenever I go visit him because like he he lives in Montenegro he always insists more on those like traditional values like values and stereotypes like oh like a woman like has to wear heels and look pretty um for the man of course yeah yeah yeah, of course not not for herself never for herself no god forbid (laughs) um so yeah so so i do wonder like about those girls like at what age did their parents or whoever start telling them that they have to wear heels and wear and makeup like yeah that's like in a way like saying it out loud sounds a little bit scary because that is like sort of child sexualization Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah because obviously they were minors they were teenagers so it's not exactly a child anymore Mm -hmm. but still it's like like i get that you want to look really pretty and and, you know beautiful like if you're going out somewhere but this was like a concept of like a daily look (laughs) (laughs) yeah but also like being in that school in that school with them like it gave me such like not like other girls syndrome because I was like yeah. okay I'm Russian but I'm not like I'm not like the other Russians I'm not like and and the like fact them. that you can listen in but they don't know that you're Russian yeah 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 that that was always fun because I like as I told you before um like some classes it was like it was separated by like uh day students and like ESL students but some mm-hmm. classes were mixed and for the mm-hmm. next ones, like I got to interact with with those uh, Russian borders, and sometimes they would start gossiping about like the people around them, and I would eavesdrop and surprise them with the fact that I also speak Russian and I can also participate in the conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they 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 never knew. I had um slightly a little bit off topic, but still mm-hmm. on the same concept. I understand French, and when I moved mm-hmm. to uh, my school in Nice, um, I we had lots of students that spoke, they were mainly Francophones, mm-hmm. and they spoke in French amongst themselves, and they would like say something about me, but I would be like, I understand you, I can't speak for shit, but mm-hmm. I understand you, like, <laughs> don't think I'm stupid, mm-hmm. and I feel like here was a similar situation. Did you ever feel like an outsider in either of the schools, either the International Swiss School or um, the uh, public school? Well, I think I definitely was an outsider in many ways, especially like when I had just moved uh, and also like when I had transferred to public school. But I don't know if I necessarily felt like one because so when I just came to Switzerland, um, I was nine years old. It was like fourth grade and all the kids were really nice and welcoming and we all kind of had different English levels and I integrated pretty quickly. I didn't really have any trouble like making friends, even though I didn't speak English. I think like when you're young, like you just like play tag and hide and seek and you don't really, you know, you don't need language skills. You don't really use the language, yeah. yeah. Um, So in that sense, like, no. But then when I started getting older, as I said, um, I did like start kind of, feeling not not like an outsider but like I didn't like I wasn't you just felt different yeah like you know like I wasn't Russian enough like I I would ask myself like why do I look like these girls or like should I look like these girls like what is this big gap between us like what's going on 
but at the same time like I had my group of friends so it didn't bother me that much I would say um and then when I moved to public school I was kind of like the exotic one of the class even though like (laughs) Geneva is very international like we still had like um classmates from like all over the world even if it was a public school but still like because they didn't speak French very well like people were very curious to find out more about me um so I I don't think that my nationality was ever something that made me an outsider to others it was more like other things um Mm. but yeah I don't know Hmm. uh, what about you I I've always felt like an outsider Mm -hmm. but I feel like because I personally I was raised on an American culture Mm -hmm. like I had Jetix I I had Nickelodeon and that was like when I was still um, based in Russia when I still went to Russian school Mm -hmm. my entire family was like well I mean mom and dad and me Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the three of us we were quite not fully Russian because we always went on holidays abroad like we usually went to France and mm-hmm. we would always like bring, uh, you know, like new things from abroad that weren't yet available in Russia. Mm-hmm. And I remember a very specific um, thing that occurred was um, in uh, my gymnasium, because we have gymnasiums in Russia, apart from like normal schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought Winks. Do you remember Winx? Oh, the, yeah. The fairies? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we went to Italy and that's where I saw Winx for the first time. And I was, you know, mystified. I was like, oh, my God, fairy girls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of I brought like a few magazines, but like it was all in Italian. And I got uh, my parents got me like these the CD player mm-hmm. with Winx plastered all Ooh, over it. You were, you were the cool girl. Yeah, and so I brought that knowledge to my school, and they were like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" And like, I think like a year later, Wings has reached Russia, oh. but I was kind of like the trendsetter of fucking Wings. Um, and I also always celebrated Halloween. I it was it was an an entire thing. Like every single year in primary school, I would like send out invitations. Well, not send. I'll bring to school mm-hmm. and like, give it out to people. <laughs> invitations of like in in like little pumpkin shape invitations. Like oh. you are invited to my Halloween. We will be watching scary movies, aka you know PG thirteen, mm-hmm. um, and we'll be eating spiders not real spiders <laughs> oh, that's so and, cute and like it was like a whole thing and i did it every single year and i remember very distinctively um my teacher and we we only had one teacher in primary school and she was teaching us everything she was like she decided to make a comment about it and she was like like she stood in the middle of the class as i was giving out my invitations and she was like halloween is not a russian celebration we should not be celebrating it and i was like bitch the fuck <laughs> No, like, Russians have like weird beef with Halloween. Switzerland, it's not a, like a public holiday in Switzerland. It's not Swiss culture either. But no one is like, oh, it's like the devil's holiday. <laughs> yeah, but like the thing is, if you look deeply um, into history, Slavic mm-hmm. cultures, we do have Halloween. Yes. I forgot what it's mm-hmm. called now, but it is also a holiday, a pagan holiday, um, from October thirty first to first of November. It's mm-hmm. more of like connect connecting with the dead. It's a little bit similar to um, the 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 holiday of the dead, where they mm-hmm. wear like masks and like beautiful costumes. Um, I'm mm, very bad with names, but yeah, like 
I was always raised on the American culture. And when I would like talk to my friends about it, like they, they obviously all had access to it as well, but it was like, it was less in their case. And I was always like, kind of telling them <laughs> what <laughs> I have learned. <laughs> Here you go, my children. <laughs> it wasn't even a big surprise to my classmates in Russia that I'm going to study in Switzerland. Obviously, like they pulled a face. They were like, oh, Switzerland must be rich then. <laughs> yeah i get it yeah <laughs> and, and it's like like i don't want to say yes but also like like what do you want to say like i'm 12 years old i don't know the concept of money like what are you talking <laughs> about like <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah and like then i left and i don't know how people reacted because um, i kind of lost touch with uh my friends at the time and now we you know we all found our roads back to each other again but mm-hmm. During that point, I was kind of cut off completely. Like, I left, and they were like, you know, fuck you. We don't want you here. Like, (laughs) you have betrayed our country or something. Mm -hmm. So it was very much like that vibe. And then, like you said, you arrive to a new country, and you're supposed to represent a country you know nothing about because Mm -hmm. you are a child. And then you integrate into the culture of the new country, and you're kind of just like, okay, so am I, you know, in your case, am I Swiss now? <laughs> like, it's it's very difficult. But I feel like in my case, this is a very long answer, I'm sorry. <laughs> in my case, I was more American. And even my accent was considered slightly American up until I moved to the UK. And that's where I picked up the British accent. <laughs> yeah, I definitely get what you mean by you know, saying that you feel more American because I also grew up largely on the internet Mm. and American culture is like most prevalent on the internet. So for example, when I, when I went into public school, like weirdly enough, a lot of the people there, they weren't familiar with like YouTube and YouTubers. And I was like, well, I grew up like watching these people. And also, like, I guess, like, my sense of humor also comes from, like, American culture and, like, America and, like, internet memes and things. Yeah. Yeah. I think only recently, um, well, for the past 10 years, I've incorporated, um, like, European or British memes. But up until Mm -hmm. then, it was very American. I mean, do you remember Roma Akern? Mm, No. It was a Russian popular YouTuber who was like one of the representation of american culture within russia Mm. and then he ended up emigrating to america and everything Mm -hmm. um but essentially he was like one of one of the internet kids that was like you know like had fucking american flag in the background Mm. for no reason like (laughs) it's very random but yeah like this sense of being a third culture kid where you quite literally you have like two or three cultures within you and you don't know which one you belong to it's like everywhere feels like a home like if i fly to geneva now i'll be like oh yeah like i know this like i don't have to stress about it too much like if i go to um um, london i'll be like of course this is home if i go to russia i'll be like oh you know i need my maps but it's still a little bit like home Mm -hmm. and it's like having a home everywhere and being able to interact with so many cultures and like learning more about each culture and like knowing the nuances of um, each one of them 
it's a very big privilege that we were exposed to at such a young age. Do you feel that you kind of gravitate towards people who were also third culture kids or um, like, yes. ha- like, does it have an influence on your friendships, like your, the people you interact with? I think I am definitely gravitating more towards people that have definitely traveled. It doesn't have to be people like us, like fully emigrated, you know, like almost erasure of our own culture, mm-hmm. which actually another thing I wanted to talk about this, mm-hmm. the Slavic culture. Um, but I would definitely be going towards people that have traveled, people mm-hmm. that have gone, for instance, to different continents or at least like a big variety of countries like it needs to be like a set of something it can't just be oh yeah like i went to france i went to paris Mm -hmm. that's it or like i went to spain that's it like Mm -hmm. no that's (laughs) that's not enough like you need to be more aware of other cultures when it comes to russia and several stereotypes that i've encountered and I want to ask what was your experience with it. My experience was, um, I'm going to fast forward a little bit to my uh, niece school. Mm-hmm. There was, we had an American guy and the stereotypes are correct. Their education system is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> and he basically, um, he was like, oh, guys, can you like tell me some, you know, fun facts about Russia? Like, I'm genuinely curious. And we're like, and we wanted to play a prank on him. And we made like, we pulled like actual very serious faces. And we we're like, um, so you know about bears? And he's like, what about bears? And he's like, well, when a child is born, a bear gets assigned to that child. <laughs> and he's listening. He's like, you're fucking with me. Like, no. And we were like, do we look like we're joking? And he's like, no. <laughs> and we're like, so we're telling you. We're telling you, you know? <laughs> that um, a bear gets assigned to a child so that a child has like a connection with the nature they can like interact with the nature easier and the barrier between people and nature is kind of like a race so that we're living in like this holistic lifestyle (laughs) and it's like oh great and like a child basically grows up with a bear and it's kind of like protecting him that poor american boy has believed us for the entire class day (laughs) not entire educational day like an entire school day the for eight hours he truly believed us and then i guess he googled or like he asked someone else but that was like a very successful lie that (laughs) i have spread around my own country (laughs) oh it's amazing um what about you so for me well i guess i don't know what my experience with stereotypes is is it like it, it's always weird because when people ask me about Russia, I feel like often they they hold back because I don't look Russian, I don't sound Russian, and so I don't get treated as like someone who's very like typically Russian is. So whenever mm-hmm. it comes to like I don't know like political opinions and things like that, people just always assume that I'm like on the european side of things that i believe mm-hmm. in like what, what whatever the mainstream belief is around here yeah so that's nice i guess because i've heard people say that like um there's like russophobia and things like that and like i don't know if it's true like i've never experienced it but then i i'm not like typically russian so i don't know mm-hmm. um 
but yeah but um speaking of like going back to this stereotype of like uh an eastern european like slavic russian woman yeah i feel like that has had a big influence on my upbringing because you know like when you're growing up like when your body is changing you're like growing into a woman like you do start to ask yourself these these questions like what being a woman really means like what is your place in society as a woman what you should do like how you should and shouldn't act and so and ever since like i started um looking more like a woman people started bringing mm -hmm. up the russian woman stereotype to me like whenever i would talk about my nationality men would yeah. be like oh but you know what they say about russian girls oh but so you're russian and that like impacted me because then I like I had a phase where I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna try to embody the stereotype. Like if everyone tells me that I should act a certain way, like I'm gonna see what it's all about. Mm -hmm. So I started like talking about um like telling people that I was traditional and that I believed in marriage and uh I tried to dress provocatively and like act <laughs> in all those How old were you? Like I think it was like 16, 17. That was like I think I went through the same phase <laughs> in 17. But my phase was like fueled up by like activist, bisexual feminists. <laughs> but I'll I'll get back to that later. But yeah, but I had I had a fur coat. Um I I wanted to dress kind of well, I I I was never rich enough to afford like luxury items, but I tried to like look look a certain way. Um and yeah, and basically all of that is like rooted in misogyny and that's not something that teenage girls should really be aspiring to be um but even even if you do i feel like it has to come from you but i feel like when we were teens it was very much misogynistic yeah yeah yeah. because i would just look at like i would listen to stereotypes that people would tell me about and it'd be like okay well I guess that's my life now I guess well I'm a Russian woman so that's what I have to be that's how I have to act where is my mm -hmm. fur coat like um we um again like I feel like most of my teenage experience was in France I mean I did move here when I was 15 so it's like <laughs> very much a teenager mm -hmm. and I was going through my raging phase where I was like fuck everything I hate everything I'm amazing. I'm gonna like slay. I'm gonna build a new life in here because like I was bullied in Swiss school in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. Um, but having moved to France, I was like, wait, nobody knows of my past. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I can be whoever the fuck I want. I can reinvent myself. <laughs> And so I did. And on the first um, class, on the first day of our school, I wore like this extra mini skirt with like Ooh. very booby top. <laughs> and of course, all the boys were like all over me. And it was a very hot day. I mean, Nice gets really hot in the summer, <laughs> anyways. And I didn't feel like eating when it's hot. So I just got like some juice and some. Um, watermelon I think mm -hmm. we had like at the cafeteria and all the I kid you not the boys have sworn like around me like 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 a herd <laughs> and they were like oh she's so beautiful look she doesn't eat much that's why she's so beautiful <laughs> no <laughs> you legend 
<laughs> literally and and i think i kind of overstepped on the already established kind of queen bees <laughs> in my class and they felt a little bit threatened maybe i don't know we i actually never had this conversation with them it might be interesting actually <laughs> and and i and i think like the boys were so fascinated you know with the shiny new toy mm-hmm. that they kind of forgot about everyone else and for a moment there like they were boys they're like oh do you want to date me like right now right here and i'm just like no i don't want you <laughs> like i could really play that oh, wow. i could like literally like i reinvented myself as a bitch <laughs> like coming from swiss school being fucking bullied like that it's not even funny but you know in retrospect it might be a little bit funny and having moved and literally started fresh like i would host house parties i would be invited to house parties to like major house parties and that is all because i i was faking until i made it that is literally what i was doing my the way i portrayed myself was very much russian mm-hmm. um, but like i was like i don't speak with a russian accent you know i was raised in american culture so it's like i thought that makes me better somehow and <clears throat> on the uh, one of the like high school dances it was winter so it was quite chilly i wore a fucking fur coat <laughs> oh of course it's all, <laughs> always the fur coat like no russian Queen bee, no, like, like I, I literally, I had a gown. Like every girl had a gown, but mm-hmm. I, I was like, I'm gonna wear my mom's fur coat. Oh yeah, like mm-hmm. that's 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 when you know, like the real guns are being taken yeah. out. Like, <laughs> and it was just, it was funny because I ended up putting that gorgeous fur coat into my locker, <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of like going along the evening and. I, I mean, I had great time in uh, my school, but like I said, I reinvented myself into the kind of like womanhood that I always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And because in Switzerland, I was severely bullied. I was like, I will never let anyone bully me again. Like I became like a cunt, like a bitch, <laughs> like try me, bitch. Like I will bite you. <laughs> <laughs> but however, like my... um my understanding was that I will never bully anyone myself. Mm-hmm. That's just, you can't do that. It's, no. And there was one girl in my school that was kind of, like, made fun of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always thought, like, she she does look a little bit different. But I always, like, I was that kind of, I was that hot girl. I know, like <laughs> I, I think of myself very loud. Don't but... be ashamed. You were that hot girl. <laughs> <laughs> like I was that hot girl that was like, "Hey, bullying is not fun," mm-hmm. and everyone was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> like you, like you're not gonna bully, and I was like, "No, like people shouldn't bully, and we're not gonna do that." And I always like I was I always try to stop any sort of bullying that was happening towards that girl. Um, and in fact, I would like try and bully the bullies. Mm. So like I, I, I pulled it the reverse. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like that is my concept of my teenage years. Um, however, like I said, it was filled up by my change in sexuality because mm-hmm. everyone thought I'm straight. 
And then I was like, you know what? Women. <laughs> and everyone was like, oh my God, like nobody expected that, you know? And um, our school wasn't very LGBT friendly, um, even though it's in Europe, but, you know, it, it just wasn't. Like, I didn't feel safe coming out there. Mm-hmm. And I actually reconnected with another classmate and she felt the same. She was like, it was just slightly homophobic. It, mm-hmm. It's true. Like, our school wasn't very friendly. And, um, like, there were times where one of the girls, not in my class, but just, like, within school, the school is very small so it's like you interacted with most kids um from different classes um one of the girls from my grade i think she was like she pointed um in the direction of a girl with like very short hair like a, like a boy cut mm-hmm. she was like oh my god what is she a lesbian like her hair is so short and at that point i was like i already came out as bisexual but to my closest friends, I didn't come out like openly. Mm-hmm. And I listened to that and I was like, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why would you say that? And then there was another um, part where we had a sleepover at one of the Russian cool girls. Mm-hmm. In the and she was like, oh, I don't want to sleep in the same bed with that girl because she likes girls. And um, I was like, why would you say, like, what do you think is, what the fuck do you think she's going to do? Is yeah. she gonna, like, she's not going to do anything. And she's like, oh, but I, I feel weird. Like, she's attracted to girls. She's obviously attracted to me. And I was like, she's really not. <laughs> You're really not that. <laughs> Bro, like, even if she was, like, what's she going to do? Like, she's going to, like, hold you down. Yeah. It's you, like, Christ. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So, like, I... I basically, I made myself into, like, this cool warrior woman mm-hmm. uh, that was, like, also into women. So, I, like, it's just very spicy. Just a very spicy personality. So, so iconic. <laughs> literally. And so that was, like, my 16, uh, sweet 16. Literally, mm-hmm. like, wow, that was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and closer towards 17, I was like, you know what? I'm going to add some veganism into here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so I became kind of like the happy hippie mm-hmm. and I stopped with the makeup. I stopped with like very provocative clothing mm-hmm. <laughs> and I started dressing slightly what I dress like now. Like now I'm very, very fairy core mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, and like very neutral. But back then I was like, you know, like flowy dresses, like looking like a vegan, looking mm-hmm. like a hippie. and. When I was at my best friend's uh, birthday party, which we called Project H, I think, mm-hmm. because that's how huge it was. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I did not drink alcohol. I was like, I'm going to stop drinking alcohol and I'm going to be vegan, you know, like all that. I thought very out of place if I'm not having any sort of drink in my hand I just I just had water mm-hmm. and there was a guy that came up to me that I, I didn't know who he was but I guessed he was one of the friends and he was like what are you having and I was like water and he was like what <laughs> and I was like oh it's just water and he was like so like what do you do and I was like what do you mean and he was like do you like do you like do drugs like do you do like hard drugs and I was like what do I no. love like hard drugs <laughs> And he was like, well, you have to do something. And I was like, <laughs> just the concept is so ridiculous. <laughs> well, that's kind of, 
similar to me in a way because I also had a phase of like heavy make heavy makeup and provocative clothing and then going kind of more I wouldn't say hippie but more like I don't know like cottage core I guess cottage core yeah yeah because like for me my experience is that um I was kind of I don't know I, I call this style sort of like emo ish like I had like pink hair and everything and then I remember it was my my father's birthday and right before that I went to the hairdressers and I had dyed uh, my hair back to its natural color mm-hmm. and then my my father's wife gave me this like super sexy dress Oh. and these like platform shoes and I remember just like looking at myself and I was like oh my god like I am that like stereotypical <laughs> Russian girl yeah <laughs> and they're like pictures of me now now I look uh I look back at those pictures and I look like a a baby prostitute basically because like my face oh, is no. like, <laughs> like you can tell that I'm a child like I have my my puffy cheeks like this innocent look but the way I'm dressed Oh my god. We looked older very often. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the face, like you can tell by the face that this is a child. Even yeah. with all the makeup, it's like toddlers and tiaras, you know? Yeah. And, and ever since then there was no going back. Like the moment I saw that I could embody like <laughs> this powerful <laughs> lady. <laughs> and then yeah, so I continued to like dress provocatively wear fur going to parties and I had this like uh older men phase because I was also like okay like if I if I want to be if I want to be Svetlana I have to embody Svetlana yeah yeah literally so I would like go on about older men and like go to clubs and yeah I wasn't a really really great and healthy part of my life um (laughs) fair enough fair enough people have been there yeah, yeah. And then after that, I just went like cottage core, going to the countryside and and not wearing makeup. So yeah. raising chickens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of feel the same right now. Um, and very often people um, like, for instance, Americans or even the English. Yes, very, uh, very much the English kids when I was at university, like I've already had my partying face. Like mm-hmm. it's it's oh like I don't want to do it anymore yes I'm at uni but because we started very early on like I don't want to do it anymore and the kids at my university I can't call them adults because they literally acted like children Mm -hmm. they would like like going clubbing and like coming into school uh, uni drunk and you know acting like a teenager and they would ask me like Oh, why why don't you go clubbing? Like, are you a hermit? And I was like, no. I've been there, clubbed. done that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I've literally been there, done that. Like, I don't have the love for that anymore. <laughs> it just it simply doesn't interest me. Now I I just live a very chill life. Like <laughs> I I mean I do leave my house, but like I I'm into like spirituality, into yoga. I really wanted to talk about the um, the stereotypes of Russian women mm-hmm. and being identified as a white person mm-hmm. because we do not come from the same culture that Americans come from. Mm-hmm. So we are other white. But being labeled as other white, it, it feels very diminishing. Like it feels like we have no culture. Like what is other? 
in my in, that's my understanding and so i always specified that i am slavic slavic white and this um very often i would be confused with american because of my accent because of mm-hmm. the way i look and they would start um kind of telling me something that is going on in america but like i have no idea what the fuck is going on in america like i give no shit mm-hmm. <laughs> and they would like oh but like don't you care and i was like no and they're like but like aren't you american and you're white and you must uh, somehow belong to this specific group and i was like no i'm slavic i'm <laughs> russian like and i and i grew up in europe like it's very different and i don't know like do, do you have anything similar like similar experiences yeah, to so, that? so as i said like i grew up on the internet a lot and since yeah. like most popular culture on the internet like on youtube social media forums whatever it is like it's american culture you mm-hmm. are kind of expected to to know and care about american issues and if people can see that you look white then yeah definitely that label will be applied to you whether you like it or not um and i did like throughout my teenage years i did kind of try to like reason with people and be like okay but i'm not like white white i'm not like I'm not American white, so I, mm. I like a lot of those things don't apply to me. But then at the end of the day, like it is clear in my head that I'm not American white. So whatever those like I don't know like criticisms or um, like other things, like they don't apply to me. So I don't take it as personally as I used to. And mm-hmm. like, there's so many issues going on in the world that deserve our attention more than like micro issues in America. That yeah, yeah like it's, <laughs> it's just, just it's not worth it. Like it's just just like another world. Like I was yeah. just listening to this other podcast um, of someone based in America, and they were like, "Oh well, you know, we went through such stressors in 2020," and I was like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" And then it hit me: they're talking about COVID, and I was like, "Oh," but like we have a war going on so it's like yeah. we're still in a stressor <laughs> yeah so like it's just it's very different and i completely understand that they don't care about us in that sense like they're like we don't care that russia is having a war with ukraine and the same way we don't care about americans we're like we don't really care about at least i don't mm-hmm. don't really care about what's going on there guys like yeah like if I if I moved there like if I had to live in America and like participate in in society and like yeah live there then Then you have to learn like I'd learn I try to integrate and understand those like racial labels in in more detail but from a European's perspective honestly mm, that's not very interesting yeah Mm -hmm. i feel like america is very much into racial labeling whereas Mm -hmm. in europe we don't really have that yeah yeah like i i was applying for this um program earlier for a project Mm -hmm. i'm working on and uh i was asked for my race and like that always throws me a bit off guard because i personally like i was like i I don't know slavic (laughs) a race I put uh, I put other, and then I said that they're not allowed to use that information for their statistics. Yeah, never put they uh, that they should use it because they will actually fucking use it. Yeah. Like, same with um when when I was applying for jobs because I was um very desperately applying for jobs in mm-hmm. London before I left, and they would do like these social surveys, and it's like, 
do you, are you neurodivergent? Are are you part of the LGBTQIA? Mm-hmm. Are you what is your race? And I'll be like, I'm neurodivergent. I have bipolar disorder. I, <laughs> all I of have the dyslexia. Above. All of the above. I was like, please take me. You know, you need me for your fucking statistics. I'll be like, I'm a lesbian and I am Slavic and and my mom is in a state of war. <laughs> no. Like I would really put on all of these statistics on there, mm-hmm. but. It, uh, it didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> they still didn't take me. That's hence why I'm in France. Being part of several cultures, do you think it's good um, for a career development, networking, um, because we don't have a typical profile? Well, I've been thinking about this a lot because, as I told you before, like this year I've been really going to many events like for my professional life and like meeting Mm -hmm. all kinds of people at like different from different jobs different like cultural backgrounds and honestly like I don't know I think that as someone who kind of grew up as other like I tend to gravitate towards people who are kind of a bit special or like outsiders in maybe like a different way and that's not always like super helpful when it comes to your career because obviously like you want to fit in and like be the perfect candidate for the job or like whatever thing you're doing so I don't know because on the other hand like you speak many many languages like you're more like I guess open-minded and more flexible so that's definitely a plus but in terms of fitting in like I don't know if it helps that much what do you think I I feel like I might have a similar answer to that Mm -hmm. um like I feel like it didn't help in my employment like I just I kind of brought like more information to the table um and I brought like several experiences with different cultures whereas um in England it might be quite limited even though London is very international but Mm -hmm. still um but you know like kind of like ideal situation like if i were doing business with russia and like europe i never actually did that um i never actually like was you know import export of two different um countries like where it could have actually come in handy Mm -hmm. i was mostly you know just within people that um, I live in the same country with and most of the times it were English people because Mm -hmm. after school I went to England and that's where I kind of based myself and even now I label myself as London girl Mm -hmm. Um, like and like on my Instagram it says um, London London gal living in Nice Mm -hmm. but what my Instagram following most of them don't know of is that I'm actually Russian Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I feel like that would be a little bit of a shock to them because of the way I talk and like um the way like just my writing like it there is literally like there's no way to think that I am not English Mm -hmm. or you know not European so I don't know like like you said it's you always belong to the other Mm-hmm. But in my case belonging to the other kind of it upsets me a little bit because it's like what is other you know like why am I other like why do I not belong yeah I think it's it's good for like personal development you know like you 
you have to be introspective and like ask yourself those questions and things. But when it comes to like the practical side of things, I don't know if being other is very useful. Even if I lived in Russia, because I I have a few friends that have moved to the UK after they have like fully established in for let's say Moscow, mm-hmm. um, they had finished universities in Russia and. Like they've already like established within the employment, like they're taking um, middle level roles. And with middle level, uh, mid level, it's very easy to get sponsored in the UK because nobody wants to sponsor juniors. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can be sponsored like mid level to senior. And because they have had the chance to actually develop within their home country and then move maybe they're more of an advantage than I am. Yeah, I I thought about this too, because I don't know if it's just the people who, like, I know in Russia, but, um, like, for for some things, I do feel like they have more opportunities. Like, for example, um, like, my younger cousin, he is studying, uh, I, I don't know, like, the name of it, what it, what it's called exactly but basically like mm-hmm. programming computers like all of that stuff that I don't understand and <laughs> uh, and he told me that like his university has a um, partnership with like Samsung and like um, all of those like um, Chinese technology companies and then you can just like leap to China and have a career there um i also have like another cousin who maybe she's just gifted but she's had so many amazing job opportunities and Mm -hmm. yeah that also led me to thinking like are we a bit like too strict here in europe well at least in switzerland because it seems like in russia there are maybe like less rules in place and people are more flexible when it comes to certain things when switzerland is just like yeah, you can have a career to bank and do something quite standard. And when it comes to innovation, we're not really in a good place, let's say that. Yeah, like when I graduated uni in England, and well, London, I didn't, I didn't really study anywhere apart from London. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, I went on to into the job market, I was automatically placed in a junior role, mm-hmm. which makes sense. But my peers literally people my age 23 25 they're taking more senior roles than i am because they came from abroad because back home you have a kind of more chance to grow more rapidly mm-hmm. than you do in europe well i i know that uk is not europe anymore but it's still within the european mm-hmm. zone yeah and plus there they finish uh, school earlier well, at least from my experience, because when I moved to public school, I got held back uh, two years. So mm-hmm. I finished high school quite late. And then I saw that like um, my cousin finished when she was like seven, 16, 17. And so mm-hmm. by... I started high school when I was 16. <laughs> right? And so at this age, she's already like... Um, a professional and like, I don't know what she does now, but... Um, but yeah, like if you finish school early, then you you can get to more like high higher paying positions at our age. 
Yeah, yeah. Like someone, um, someone I'm seeing, <laughs> um, she, uh, she, like she's from Ukraine, mm-hmm. and she also like they have similar um system like education system. Like mm-hmm. you finish school at like sixteen or seventeen, mm-hmm. I think, and then you like progress to like an academy or something, like mm-hmm. something between like school and uni, and then you go to uni. But essentially, you are done with everything by like the time you're twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's crazy, and then you see like all my classmates like getting married and stuff and I think for <laughs> them it would make sense because like okay like you already have a job a career like it's fine you, you can settle yeah. down like you might as well have a kid because yeah, you're financially yeah. stable mm-hmm. and like this financial stability like that's what my dad keeps always talking about is that Russia is a money maker like you can make yourself a fortune by mm-hmm. working in Russia like be it export import or like just within the country like mm-hmm. you grow more rapidly yes i'm not denying that there is nepotism like if i had stayed in russia i would have probably worked for my dad Mm -hmm. or he could have just like talked to his friend and be like oh do you have anything like within design and i probably Mm -hmm. would have taken like a senior role there Mm -hmm. but even if i didn't the progression is a lot more rapid than it is in europe because Mm -hmm. europe is very like stubborn and like old-fashioned i think in some ways when Mm -hmm. it comes to like progressing like there's a lot of there's a lot of paperwork there's a lot of like oh but are you actually ready it's like it doesn't fucking matter just like give me the job (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i do wonder what would have happened if i had stayed in russia like you know when you move to a different country it's always like there's this parallel universe out there somewhere where you hadn't moved and what would have happened yeah Mm -hmm. Um, I've had a friend from Swiss school, my very close friend, um, she moved back to Moscow and she's currently like, she's taking up a position of like um, CEO assistant. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a good job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, we never talked finance, but I presume she earns well and good for her. And like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And you know, she stayed within her family. She didn't miss out on any kind of key events because that was a big thing for me. Like I would kind of like watch from afar what my family is doing, but like I was never actually part of it. Yeah. And whenever I actually traveled, I would still feel out of place because I'm no longer like their own in a way. Like of mm-hmm. course I am still their own, but it's different. Yeah yeah definitely like after moving obviously like I really grew apart from especially my father's side of the family Mm. um and well I've kept touch with like my mom's side because I'm very close with my cousin uh but then all the other family members like yeah now like I look at pictures from from my childhood and we were all so close like we'd always have like family gatherings and events and now like we don't even wish each other a happy birthday anymore like it's so weird yeah I've had a similar situation with um one of my family members from my dad's side Mm -hmm. um I very much grew apart from my grandparents when I moved abroad like it didn't happen overnight of course not but when you live abroad your worldview changes Mm -hmm, and for instance it sounds stupid but when I moved to Switzerland I didn't know that World War II it was like all the countries were involved like I thought Mm -hmm. it was just Russians fighting the Germany yeah because Mm -hmm. that's how we were presented in our schools I know it's embarrassing to admit but I'm not afraid to admit it because like 
my school system in Russia literally told me that, you know, just Germany and Russia and like, you know, we fought them, we're amazing. Mm -hmm. But like, there were other countries there. Mm -hmm. That's why it's called World War country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we didn't know it under the name of like World War. It was like the, the great uh, patriotic war. I guess so. <laughs> Like when I moved here, I didn't know that everyone else was fighting either. I just thought it was like Russia and against everyone, but we won because like we're so good. You know, like my worldview started changing because my grandpa was like, oh, you know, you're going to, um, you know, like finish school there and then you're going to come back and you're going to be a translator and then you're going to marry um, a soldier man and you're going to mm -hmm. have kids with him and uh, you're going to move back into your like apartment and your child is going to go into the same school that you went into like it sounds sweet not like don't get me wrong it mm -hmm. does like it sounds sweet like a little you know like a 50s movie kind of mm -hmm. sweet yeah but then i was like um the thing is like i never told my grandpa that i am anything but straight i never like i just i never told him up until he died like i was so afraid to share with him that story this is getting more into like coming out now mm -hmm. because like I I wasn't sure if he would actually understand and I didn't want to be the cause of a heart attack you know mm -hmm. because he had his like very stubborn idea of what I should do and then I'm just like oh but actually I won't marry a man mm -hmm. <laughs> like how do I break that to him I only came out to uh, um, the family member who um, his sister was living with. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, like, I'm actually at the time in a relationship with a woman for the past three years. And like, she took it as a shock. But then she also said something very strange. She was like, oh, well, you have roaches in your head. <laughs> roaches? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it's, it's, like, it's like a very Russian expression, yeah, like yeah. talking nonsense. But it's just like, like, I never truly, like, I was like, so are you okay with it or not? <laughs> like, are roaches acceptable or? Yeah, because like, okay, everyone has roaches, but are my roaches okay? <laughs> but how did you like combine like your, like the culture of being Russian and not being straight? How did that like experience go for you? very difficult and i actually listened to uh, an internalized homophobia podcast last night and i realized mm -hmm. that i have internalized homophobia mm -hmm. that came as a shock to me because like my mom is very open about it like she accepted me she was like i don't give a shit who you sleep with mm -hmm. like it's your thing it's it's love it's not about sex you know it's just as long as you're happy like i love you mm -hmm. and plus you know my mom is quite she had her own experimental stages too mm -hmm. <laughs> um but like she accepted it but like for me I was always like oh okay well it has to be like someone like very beautiful and like very feminine you know like so that I don't shock the culture too much mm -hmm. so that I don't start dating someone you know very butch mm -hmm. like because oh that would be a shocker <laughs> yeah and they would say comments like oh looks like a man why don't you just date a man like shit like that mm -hmm um so like i have that sense of internalized homophobia but also like i'm scared i'm physically scared to say that i'm gay to anyone else that's russian like mm -hmm. for instance here 
my uh classmates now like not back in school but like when i went to french school just now to like learn french Mm -hmm. language school it's called and i met someone that speaks russian and like for the longest time i was like can i talk about mental health can i talk about my sexuality are they gonna understand it Mm -hmm. like which which sort of culture are they from like did they carry the kind of you know like traditional family values into here or are they more you know like westernized and this kind of like tiptoeing around it like it really affects me because with like anyone that is european i'm i like i don't even think twice about it like i will just say that i'm gay like if if it comes if it comes up obviously like i won't just like (laughs) randomly wave a gay flag like i'm gay (laughs) um but yeah like it was also a little bit difficult to come out to um the parents of my very close friends that I have known since I was a child so like Mm -hmm. they they watched me grow since I was like seven or 10 or 16 and coming out to them that's also different because they're not exactly your family they're not gonna judge you but it's also like you knew me as a kid Mm -hmm. and now I'm telling you something very adult (laughs) yeah so it's 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 a it's a thing but being um slavic it comes a lot with a lot of pressure recently i'm i've realized that i have a lot of following um in russia Mm -hmm. and i have connected with a lot of lgbt russians and right now like my kind of worldview is like really being turned upside down because i'm talking to all of these lesbians that live in russia and i'm like wait you guys exist (laughs) and like that's really cool and then they're like and they all speak english because being gay you're exposed to western culture Mm -hmm. and like you have to learn more about yourself because there's not much available in the russian language Mm -hmm. and it's easier for me to speak to them in english sometimes and they get it and like for me that was such a shocker because it's mm-hmm. like, wow, you guys understand that I live abroad. Like, you don't guys, you, like, you don't expect me to know everything about Russia, mm-hmm. but you also accept me as a Russian. Like, that's so cool. Wow, yeah. <laughs> so mm. it's um, it's a very interesting experience that I'm, uh, pardon the tautology, experiencing mm-hmm. currently. But yeah, um, it's just it's very complicated being russian and gay it's 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 complicated even even if you if you're abroad you're in safety like no one is trying to put you in jail for being gay (laughs) still like you kind of have this like inner sense of fear of like being misunderstood Mm -hmm. and having roaches in your head (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's always the roaches yeah i think that there's definitely a lot of pressure when it comes to to gender and sexuality like being russian because as a russian woman you have to look a certain way you have to like act a certain way you have to be sexy and like a very particular way too it's definitely it's a lot of stereotypes that have been imposed on us um by living abroad in a way but i feel like even if we lived in russia we would still have stereotypes of the people in the western culture Mm -hmm. 
but also at the same time for because like there there are a lot of things where Russia and the Soviet Union were more progressive for women's rights like abortions for example Mm -hmm. and like women in STEM and that's also something that came as I would say not so not a reverse culture shock but like as in like a culture shock from from Switzerland while being Swiss is that mm-hmm. like women couldn't vote until like the 70s. Um, women who are literally like my grandmother's age couldn't have a bank account, couldn't vote. Um, mm-hmm. Up until recently, like in the constitution, it said that the man is the head of the household. And there are so many things that like are more sexist in European culture than in Russian culture. Yeah. So that's also something. Yeah, the, it's kind of, it's relating to, um, like, Americans are very big on um, race. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. uh, it's kind of like, you, you don't understand, like, how, how can that be if you guys are, like, so developed? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and same with, like, so since I did uh, maths for, in, uh, in university, like, I feel like, in terms of like my my Russian family and like the Russian culture in general, it's not it wasn't like a big deal. Like okay, like women do math, whatever. Like it wasn't perceived as something that that was like super weird. Whereas from a European perspective, it's like oh my god, women in STEM. <laughs> also, like if you if you look at the statistics, there are more female scientists in Eastern Europe and like former communist states mm-hmm. um, than in the West. But at the same time, there's this like stereotype of like the Slavic homemaker and like sexy Slavic girl. Yeah, it's uh, the culture, I call it a culture very bipolar because yeah, it's so yeah. different, but it's like it still comes from the same place. Mm-hmm. And just, just the concept that, for instance, like my, my dad, he was born in a country that no longer exists. Yeah. Like grasping that, can you fucking grasp it? Like it no longer exists. <laughs> No, but it's so crazy because I feel like me and my mom, you know, like she she's my mom, but she is so different from me in, in so many ways when it comes to like cultural beliefs and values. Because not only like did I grow up mostly here, but also she comes from a country that doesn't exist anymore with like laws and values and things that don't exist. and it's so strange like whenever she tells me stories about how society functioned in the soviet union i'm i'm always like wow yeah my mom um she's uh following this uh telegram channel um that kind of i wouldn't say uh, it doesn't glorify ussr Mm -hmm. but it only kind of it only talks about the nice things that Mm -hmm. we had not we (laughs) they had there Mm -hmm. um and it's so cool just like re-watching like their old like news or like something that happened Mm -hmm. or like like a product that they released and it's just it's very educational but it's also like in a very wholesome way like it's not it's not saying that it's like let's make ussr again Mm -hmm. it's just simply simply saying oh this happened it was kind of (laughs) nice yeah yeah and the medical system within ussr was also very advanced Mm -hmm. like there was no chance that anyone diseased um something that can spread is going to be walking around on the streets mm-hmm. like sometimes we have now nowadays um like they would be contained they would be treated there's no ch- like 
you know, free healthcare. Like mm-hmm. no one's ever gonna go unnoticed. There are some downsides if you have mental health issues because you would simply be classified as just insane. Like, like me with having bipolar disorder, I would automatically be classified as insane, and like it would probably, you know, travel into my work life. Mm-hmm. And that's when the modern life that we have now comes in handy because mental health is just so normalized now. Um, mm-hmm. Before it wasn't. Yeah. For me, it's the um, the child care system in the Soviet Union that like blows my mind mm-hmm. because like you you had a child you could ask for you could ask the government for a bigger flat um, mm-hmm. than you had like uh milk would be distributed again like you sign up and you get like oh yeah, milk yeah you have like kindergarten schools like uh summer camps for children for free whereas here like nowadays in switzerland like if you have a child then like what do you do like there's yeah. there's um kindergarten is expensive um like apparently like, kindergarten in in the in in the uk is just as expensive as a buying a flat but then what do you do with your child like where do you where do you put it like i don't know like you just like raising a child is very expensive and that's why most people now like they kind of have plants are the new pets and the pets are the new kids there mm-hmm. we go mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like pressured from uh certain Russian family members to like start a family young and like follow the traditional path of like womanhood? Um so during my coming out years because it took years to come out to mm-hmm. most of my family. Um I have been like having several conversations with them and currently i don't keep in touch with any of them Mm -hmm. i don't know if it was because of that or maybe it was just you know just because we drifted apart but Mm -hmm. i truly feel like after i officially came out on my instagram and most of them follow me there they all drifted apart Mm -hmm. like maybe they didn't feel comfortable enough with that i don't know but like for instance uh my Another family member who's um, on the young side, she's like uh, closer to me in age, but like slightly older. Like um, before I even came out, her and I were discussing um, sexuality and she was like, oh, I think I'm attracted to women as well. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, oh, okay, do tell. And she was like, oh, it's because um, my boyfriend um, hired the prostitute once and, you know, like we did the deed. And I was like, um, I was like, are you insane? Like, <laughs> I was like, that is not being attractive to women. <laughs> like, the girl was doing her job. Like, yeah. hate her. And like, there's nothing wrong with being a prostitute. Like, it's just, you're not gay because of it. <laughs> it was like, crazy. Her understanding obviously was lacking. Mm-hmm. And then my other family member said that I have roaches in my head. And they kind of didn't really speak to me again. Like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was left on red. <laughs> so yeah, and then like that's kind of the family that lives in St. Pete or like mm-hmm. Moscow, just like westernized. But I have family like all the way more eastern. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what the hell I'm up to. Like mm-hmm. they don't know. I'm to them. I think I'm that person that kind of left because in in Russian we have an expression "gay Europe." <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. gay Europe. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And it's like, oh, she probably left to her gay Europe and she's probably like attending like parades every day. <laughs> yep. So My schedule is 24-7. Yeah, you know, parades every day. Like mm-hmm. you, you have to have them. In fact, <laughs> I'm attending a gay parade tomorrow. <laughs> oh, slay. <laughs> but it doesn't happen every day. <laughs> Unfortunately. No, but um yeah, it's um I don't know, like it's an experience being being Russian specifically, not just any Slavic, just Russian and living abroad and struggling to connect the dots between all the cultures that you grew up in. Mm-hmm. It is difficult and sometimes Sometimes I truly think I'm like, oh, I should have just stayed in Russia and, you know, like worked and, you know, made my, I, I, I could have been making money by now, like good money mm-hmm. <laughs> if I were there. And like, I think about it and I'm just like, mm, I should, <laughs> but then I'm just like, well, I'm here for a reason. Like if I'm here and I didn't go back, I don't want to go back. You know, I have, the, I have the option, of course, but I don't do that. That means I'm in the right place. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I'm, I'm pretty happy with the life I lead now. Like, I'm very much focusing on my mental health, finally. Like, mm-hmm. I have a great support of um, psychologists, psychiatrists, a regression therapist. I'm mm-hmm. on the lookout for naturopath. Like, uh-huh. I'm, like I'm really doing it, finally. Um, and I'm happy with that. And I don't know what comes out of it, but, you know, uh, what's it called? The world is your oyster. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think one day you will move back to Russia, like, I don't know, permanently or for a couple of years? Do you think, like, you'll ever cross paths again with, with Russia? Um, so the government needs to change for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, I don't know what kind of change it's going to be because one of the main opponents has just passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just, I don't know. And I'm not really involving myself in that because to me, that's just really triggering because I can't change anything. Mm-hmm. So I will just sit back and wait for something to happen. I don't know how, how like when it's going to happen, but I would probably like to return. But like I said, I don't envisage it, you know, mm-hmm. like I can't imagine it. So like it would be, you know, like kind of, a nice story to kind of come back home mm-hmm. after so many years but like fundamental changes need to happen for now i'm london gown living in nice mm-hmm. <laughs> and for you i don't know i think yeah i think same here um i did go to russia during covid when everything was online yeah, and mm-hmm. like university was online so I was like might as well so I went to Russia for like five weeks in the winter so that mm-hmm. was lovely and yeah so like while I was there I was thinking hmm, like could I actually live here could this be like my normal life and I think like on a superficial level like sure I think I could fit in and continue my life anywhere like anywhere but then yeah I don't really see it either Maybe if one day I have some kind of job that tells me to move to Russia for some reason for like a year or two, then sure, maybe, but it's not a decision that I would make myself right now, at least. Yeah. So we're kind of, 
I wouldn't say in the limbo, but mm -hmm. we are here and, you know, here we are and it is what it is. And I'm, I'm grateful for what I have now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I definitely, like, as I said at the beginning, I definitely align myself more with, like, Swiss values. Like, I understand how things work. I like uh, democracy here. I like, um, I don't know, like, I, I just understand how things function and how things yeah. are done. And when I go to Russia, like, I'm a bit lost. Like, the last time I went there, um, I redid my passport and I did a, a bunch of, like, administration bureaucracy mm -hmm. stuff and oh my god um, yeah i find the bureaucracy in russia very difficult like because abroad like i'm kind of used to kind of like an okay system but over mm -hmm. there it's so different even though it, it, bureaucracy is pretty much the same everywhere but <laughs> it's just slightly different and the people there like having like the snails card oh my god don't even <laughs> I didn't Don't understand what that was, and they kept snails. and they kept asking me like, "Do you have snills?" Which is like, I think it's like a health insurance, or is it like a pension registry? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I have that card, but I have no idea what it's for. And they kept asking me, but because it doesn't say on the card that it's snills, mm -hmm. like it says like registry something. Yeah. And I and I pointed to them. I'm like, "Is that it?" And they're like, "Oh yes, that's it." And I'm like, "Why can't you just say that?" Or <laughs> Or I have issues like whenever I go to like let's say a beauty salon because mm -hmm. I am Russian after all. I'm mm -hmm. going to beauty salons, and I would come in and and I would literally say in English that hi, I have an appointment, and they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 then I like I stand there like I said at the beginning like French but stupid like mm -hmm. Russian but stupid, and I'm trying to find like what's the word for an appointment? And I was like, oh, I have a meeting with this you know woman that works here and they're like what <laughs> <laughs> like it's just it's it's difficult because like we established we feel like visitors mm -hmm. and yeah. some, sometimes it's it's it, it's funny sometimes and like after you explain that oh i actually live abroad but and they're like oh but your russian is so good and then like it's it feels nice to hear that because yeah. it's like I feel like my Russian has severely deteriorated and it doesn't help that my dad always points it out. He's like, your Russian is shit. <laughs> and I'm just like, um, excuse me, how is your French? How is your English? Like, do you want to switch maybe? <laughs> Honestly, I'm so grateful for the internet and social media because whenever I talk to my Russian friends, I can always just say, like sprinkle in a couple of English words, like English slang that they use anyway. Exactly. It's like with so. the um with the lgbt people from russia like we even have only english speaking chats and they truly like speak proper english there mm -hmm. and, I'm, and i'm always so fascinated and impressed mm -hmm. <laughs> well this brings us to a close uh it was so, so lovely to catch up on everything the the scope of everything that we lived through but like simultaneously mm -hmm. but parallel to each other yeah yeah <laughs> and just discussing that just brings up so many lovely memories mm -hmm. so thank you so much for that uh, um, it was yeah, so lovely yeah. to talk with you yeah thank you so much thank you so much for embarking on this memory lane journey with us it means a lot to me to be able to share my bits of life with you even if my listeners can't always relate to what i'm saying it's the culture appreciation that counts which is one of the basis for growth thank you for listening and supporting my work my name is maria and I'm the host of The Current Podcast.